Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Behind the Bastards, the only podcast about bad people that there's ever been under only one NATO law. Um, I'm Robert Evans, host of this podcast. You where are. Normally, I tell the the very detailed story about a terrible person or a terrible group of people or a terrible thing that was done by terrible people. But this week we're we're doing things a little bit a little bit different. Garrison, uh, my 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 friend, um, local youth about town, Portland photojournalist. Garrison, you want to explain what's going on today? Does Garrison yeah, have so- a last name? Just just just. Oh yeah! Hi. No. This 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 is Garrison Davis, local youth in Portland, and uh, reporter. My young ward. Yeah, Robert's young ward, and because Aww. of Robert's injury, I have now successfully cooed this podcast. Yeah, you did. You and did. You cooed the hell out. I of me. am now going to be running the show for today until there is a coup to this coup. Um, a counter coup. A, count, yeah. a counter coup. In I've the been coming studying days. the school of the Americas. Does I think I really, can pull one off. Is it really a coup if you go, "Hey, can I host your podcast?" And then Robert and I both go, "Yeah." That's, I don't know. That's Either way, Sophie, I've got some death squads in El Salvador, but that may wind up just being just a, a separate thing I do. Anyway, uh, Garrison is going to be presenting the episode this week, an episode that he wrote, and I will be the guest on my own show, and I will supervise all of it. While, so, while drinking, Sophie's a, gonna yeah yeah. While I drink a pear secco out of a glass straw, and we've we've scheduled this for Garrison's 18th birthday, so that I'm no longer violating child labor law by having you on the podcast. Yay! Hello. Yes. Yeah. yeah it is my birthday today. Wow. Happy so Garrison, birthday. you oh, want to tell you. the people America 
England, Australia, numerous other countries. Canada? Maybe. Maybe. You want to tell them what the episode for today is? Um, we are going to be talking about an organization called Focus on the Family. Um, <laughs> with if if you if you've heard of that, you've probably heard of it from John Oliver's show, um, or you grew up with this organization, kind of in your life as like at, like if you grew up as a Christian. Um, we're gonna be yeah, we're gonna be learning all about some weird stuff they did, some surprising stuff they did. Um, yeah, and I was it was actually a surprise for even though I'm familiar with this organization like personally. I learned some new things when I was doing research for this. So e- even I was surprised with what I found. Yeah, and for our, our listeners who haven't been stalking you on the internet, you grew up in a what you've called to me repeatedly a cult. Yeah, I, me and my family were in a cult in Canada for about 11 years. We moved to Portland to get out of the cult and have been here. And I, I, I've been here ever since. Some of my family is back in Canada, but not, but not in a cult. Now, um, yeah. when you're in a Canadian cult, is it the Mounties that burn your compound um, <laughs> um, with, by incinerating <laughs> tear gas, or is there another agency? The, the, I've seen the Mounties do stuff like that. Also, the, the, the Canadian Revenue Service oh. like, um, ha- was the big enemy of our cult. Okay, that, that, that was, makes sense. That was yeah. the one that they had fights with. <laughs> I'm going to guess a lot of people didn't think they ought to pay taxes. Illegal, the government. Fu- illegally <laughs> trying to get like tax cuts for their like fake school that they were running. That I went to for the first like six months of my first six years of my schooling. Yeah. Excellent. Anyway, we'll, all right. We'll, we'll talk. This, this this stuff will come back later. So let's talk about focus on the family. Focus on I'm the family. Let you start. Yeah. Um. You to got really. This. Oh, thank you, Sophie. I'm proud. Um, to really understand what focus on the family is, both in the past and what it kind of is now, uh, we're first going to have to kind of learn about its founder, James Dobson, or te- technically, it's J Dobbs. Sh- it should be Doctor James Dobson. But we'll, we'll talk more about why I don't want to say that later. Um, since a focus on the family is really just an extension of who Dobson is as a person. Um, Dobson was born in 1936, and he is still alive. He was, he was born in 1936. He shouldn't be. He's still Jesus. alive. Uh, he was born in Louisiana. Um, his father was a traveling evangelist. Religion was a prevailing part of Dobson's life since he was essentially a baby. Uh, quoting a book about focus on the family and Christian right-wing radio and the influence they had on American culture in the twenty, in like across the whole twentieth century, um, it's a book called Stations of the Cross. Actually, a pretty pretty good book. Uh, but this this is this is a quote. Dobson claims to have been able to pray before he could talk, and to have felt God's calling from as early as age three, when he toddled up to the altar in response to his father's Sunday morning altar call that the unsaved offer their lives to Jesus. Um, and th- this this isn't that all uncommon for like people as young as three to like have their parents pressure them into doing stuff yeah. like this. I, I, this, even now, this is still, this yeah. isn't, this isn't that uncommon. If you, if you want to, if listeners want another look at what it's like to be pushed into stuff like this when you're three, uh, check out the documentary Marjo, which is about the youngest pastor in American history who was performing marriage ceremonies when he was like four years old. Oh, Marjo that's Gordner. good. Yeah, you guys his seen, name was Mary and the, Joseph. That's why they called him Marjo. Have you seen the photo and video that's been going around the interwebs this week of the baby that was jet skiing that's six months old well that's just rad that, as hell that, that sounds good actually yeah. okay. i don't see a problem with that no i actually um, think babies should be jet skiing at even younger ages they, they should be jet skiing yeah. before, before they should be able to pray that yeah. is my opinion i i would agree with you yeah. All right. Let's <laughs> um, and and uh, there is an there's an article from 1990 by in the Washington Post by uh, a journalist named uh, Laura Strepp, um, and and it detailed a lot of stuff about focus on the family in the 70s and 80s, and it details some of Dobson's early life and family. Uh, this is a quote from that article. 
His father and mother, James and Myrtle Dobson, were married for 43 years. His father never went to college and became a, a traveling evangelist um, in the Church of Nazarene, which is like a, a fundamentalist Protestant type of church. Um, as an only child, he received all the attention and love his parents had to give. His mother deferred to her husband on all major matters, but she often found herself alone. From her, Dobson says, he got his idea that firm discipline is the cornerstone of the parent-child relationship. And this, this, is very, this is very important. Here's a quote from Dobson's first book when he, when he talks about his mother. She knew that backtalk and lip are the child's most potent weapons of defiance and must be discouraged. On one occasion, she Famous crack- weapon, backtalk. <laughs> backtalk, <laughs> violent weapon. And speaking, and on one occasion, she cracked me with a shoe. At other times, she used a handy belt. This is in response to back, the weapon yeah. of backtalk. Yeah, well, you got to use the weapon life. of a shoe against the weapon of backtalk. That's just... That's just fine. <laughs> the day I learned the importance of staying out of reach shines like a neon light in my mind. I made the costly mistake of sassing her when I was about four feet away. Her hand landed on a girdle. It weighed about 16 pounds and was lined with lead and steel. Jesus Christ. She drew back and swung that abominable garment in my direction. The intended blow caught me across the chest, followed by a multitude of straps and buckles wrapping themselves around my midsection. She gave me an entire thrashing with one massive blow. From that day forward i cautiously retreated a few steps back before popping off good lesson for kids to learn stay and, out of reach of adults because they want to harm but you. remember this is the stuff that evi- that influenced his ministry because yeah. this is the stuff that he thinks is the his, cornerstone so his earliest lesson is you always want to stay away from adults is out of reach of adults because you never know when they will want to physically damage yes, you. Yes, and but this yeah. is a key tenet of his ministry is teaching stuff like this though. This is like the cornerstone yeah. of a you know a strong parent child relationship. Does this guy tie into to train up a child in that book and stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah. awesome! Oh, wait, cool. Wait until we talk about his first book and what and some fun some fun fun legal issues that happened. Around oh this. boy, it's a child abuse episode, everybody. <laughs> this is oh, this, very no, exciting. This whole these, this whole two parters. Child abuse episode. Sophie, uh, send Sophia a letter of apology that we we don't have her on to talk about children. <laughs> Are there dead babies, hard. Garrison? Um, there's dead teenagers. Hell yeah! All right. Um, but I mean, and well, yeah, no. Well, 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 <laughs> well, well hell yeah, well, dead teenagers, Robert. Damn right. We'll ta- we'll f- we'll figure this out later. Um. The, uh, the Washington Post article continues. As Dobson was about to start his junior year in high school, his father decided to take a job as a pastor and settle down in San Benito, Texas, um, a very hot, flat outpost near the Mexican border. Because of his religious beliefs, Dobson couldn't dance or go to the movies like the rest of his friends, but he earned their respect by becoming a top tennis player. Okay. Which, I mean, yeah. okay, so in terms of cult First stuff... First time wait, anyone wait, earned wait, respect wait, wait, through wait. tennis, but... Tennis. Yeah. Is tennis involved tennis. in the cult? No, what is involved in the cult is like being able, like in these kind of very firm Christian kind of um, churches and also, you know, some more of the worst cult stuff, not being able to dance or go to the movies is is pretty standard. Like I couldn't go to the movies for most right. of my, m- most of my life so far. I've not been. Well, yeah, because that's like Hollywood's just straight yeah. the devil. And like sure. at my parents, at my parents' wedding, they weren't allowed to dance. There was no dance allowed at all. There was no dancing. Well, in, that would have let the devil right into the wedding. Yeah. You're, you would have yeah. grown up with your brother, the devil, if that had happened. <laughs> but wait, I don't so, understand. Yeah. How does ten- what does tennis have to do with this? Tennis is how he be- is how he gained his friend's respect because he couldn't go to the movies or dance. So the thing Dobson did to get like friends is play tennis very well. Which so it's not I, I like, guess it's not I, like how Keith Raniere made all his people play volleyball at like three in the morning, right? I don't know what that means. I'm too young. 
I oh, think. that was another guy we did an episode on. Oh, uh, it was another cult where listened. he forced them to play volleyball okay. at like three in the no, morning. No, no, it sounds like it was just That's, a kid gaining. No, this is a kid sports. trying to find anything to gain friends because he can't because he lives in a bad Poppy. situation. All right, yeah. Um, those were the best years America ever had," said one of Dobson's high school friends, retired Colonel Harlan Baker Jr. That's his, that's, his <laughs> that's his high school friend. Okay. Yeah, Colonel Bake Baker Jr. Bake Baker. Okay. We had the hamburgers, the milkshakes. We didn't drink or smoke. Our parents gave us room to spread our wings, but also set limits. Again, this is the kind of stuff he's going to talk about as, in his ministry. You know, yeah. this, we'll, we'll, we'll find. We'll, I'm t- seeing what's building. You're, this yeah. is kind of obvious what's kind of being built here. Um, after graduating high school, Dobson went to Pasadena College, a small liberal arts college. Uh, well, a, a small liberal arts Christian college um, uh. in Southern California with an interest in human behavioral studies. Mm. Uh, the Washington Post, the ho- yeah, yeah, you can see where this mm. is going to go in like the 50s and I 60s. I think it's going a good place. Um, Washington Post article writes, but after he had taken a couple of psychology courses, Dobson was convinced that God was calling him to go all the way into the field. It was not an easy time for a Christian to go into psychology. Some psychologists thought Christians were deluded know-nothings, and some Christians thought psychologists were devil worshippers or worse. Okay. I'm not sure what worse means I don't means know that I Christian believe either worshiper. side of that. I don't, I don't really believe that there was ever a situation in which like a bunch of psychologists were like, <laughs> Those, oh, hey, members of the in, largest in and the most 60s. culturally dominant yeah. religion in the country, y'all are silly. <laughs> you can't 60s. be psychologists. Yeah. I don't think that ever happened. <laughs> no, not in the 60s. But he's into yeah. psychology because I, I know but, a lot of cults yeah. are like against yes. like psychology is anti-psychology, etc. Yes, because, yeah, he he, he's into he's into psychology, and this is going to be his most potent weapon in trying to take over the country. Oh, I think this is going in a good um, direction. I'm then. so excited. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. Soon, Dobson went on to the University of Southern California to get his PhD in child development. Um, this is when Dobson became Doctor James Dobson. This was in 1967. Um, his doctor status was very important to him as he became popular in the uh, 80s and 90s, with his employees only being able to refer to him as Doctor Dobson. Like this was this was very important to give him credibility to speak in like wide settings, both politically and 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 like to Christian people. He was very happy about being be, being able to be called a doctor. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty proud of being a reverend doctor. <laughs> Uh, according to the state of New Jersey. Um, So Dobson, um, according to the Post, Dobson took the precise number of credits needed to uh, get his doctorate and not one more. He was anxious to get his family life going and to speak out on the values he believed were eroding at breakneck speed. All right, well, okay. Um, It's a little weird to critique him for not taking more credits than he needed to get his doc. That's a lot of credits. That's a lot of credits. But he was very anxious to get his work started. Um, And the values that he thinks are eroding... Um, he, he he writes about in one of one of his books. Uh, this was this uh, when he was getting his doctorate. He was in L.A. during the mid '60s. Um, Great time to be in L.A. Nothing in bad ni- happened. Y- yeah, in one of Dobson's books from the '90s, called uh, the book is titled "The Strong-Willed Child." By the way, just you know, you can get Great. a sense of what his books are titled. I'm gonna guess "Strong-Willed" means talking. I yes. <laughs> um, this is what Dobson writes about the summer of 1965 in L.A. 
Our cities began to burn during the hot summer of racial strife. That signaled the start of the chaos to come. The class of 1965 entered college at a time where drug abuse was not only prevalent, but became almost universal for students and teachers alike. Intellectual deterioration was inevitable. Accompanying this social upheaval was a sudden disintegration of moral and ethical principles, such as which has never occurred in the history of all of mankind." All at once, there was no definite values, no standards, no absolutes, no rules, no traditional beliefs on which to lean. Um, now, when Dobson's referring to this talk of chaos in a long, hot s- summer of racial strife, quote-unquote, yeah, he's referring to the hot. Watts Uprising yep. of 1965. Yeah, 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 I get um, that. When he yeah. was in L.A. And that that was, if you're unfamiliar, uh, this started when the police assaulted multiple people during a, an arrest for reckless driving. Um, the L.A. Times writes, um, after rumors spread of the police had roughed people up and kicked a pregnant woman, angry mobs formed, turning a 46-square-mile swath of the city into a combat zone. And this this isn't, like, exaggerating. Like, so people get angry when you kick pregnant women. Yeah, what the police kick, pre- kick some yes, pregnant women Robert. and roughed up a lot of people I'll, I'll have to during a nasty arrest. Um, it's estimated that 35,000 people took part in the mass rioting and looting over the course of those six days. 14,000 members of the California National Guard were deployed to put an end to this civil unrest. Again, this is for like six days. Um, In all, 16,000 law enforcement officers were mobilized as a self-described attacking force. 31 31 people were killed by law enforcement during these protests and riots. Um, There were over 1,000 reported injuries, 3,500 arrests over the course of these six days. Um, The police chief that handled this uprising was the same chief that, um, if not coined, at least popularized the term thin blue line. Oh. Um, same, same guy. <laughs> so, and and, and Dobson, Dobson was here for all of this. He, he watched this unfold and he was very upset. Um, in referring to this, referring to the Watts uprising, he said, uh, what, what's happening to this country and what, what will happen to my children as a result? So he was, he was there for this. He was not, he was not a fan. I mean, because I mean, yeah, he's... Not a fan of all of these people getting angry that a cop kicked a pregnant woman. Yeah, and yeah. he's not that pro yeah. racial civil rights that much. Oh um, no, really? Th- th- that's not going to be like a big part of what we're talking about. But he he was yeah. he was known to be a racist, which we you know he's a cop. as a guy born in. As a, as, you know someone's yeah. a, a real character when you can say, like, he was super racist, but we're not even going to get to that. We're not even going to gonna talk that. about that. <laughs> the child abuse is going to take up all of our child abuse and gay conversion therapy, which is much worse. Yeah. Um yeah. Really, the racism was the best part of it. <laughs> it did the least amount of damage. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's unfailing obedience to authority and old-fashioned Christian morality became Dobson's signature talking points um, when he spoke about raising children. Um, despite him having, like, an actual job at, you know, the university... He, he, he got a job at the University of Southern California School of Medicine for, quote, researching childhood disorders that led to mental retardation. Because, again, this is the 60s. So that's how we phrase things. Um, even though Dobson had a job, Dobson just eventually began showing up at local PTA meetings to like talk about child development, like not for his own kids, just that's going cool. to local ones in the showing area. Showing up at PTA, yeah, I've, I've done the same thing before. Sometimes I'll get a little bit drunk. Like it's you know it's a good way to spend um, Wednesday. And then eventually he got invited to teach Sunday school classes, and then got invited to speak on like radio talk shows. He actually he actually got on to invited to speak on Barbara Walters' TV talk show um, just about random stuff. Because, I mean, again, he's a doctor in child development, but this was just like a thinly veiled thing to spread his religious um, kind of parenting advice. Cool. Um, That sounds fine. 
His uh, bi- biographer, Rolf Zetterston, I believe that's how you say it, uh, whatever. Um, we don't wrote, pronounce things right on this podcast, it's fine. Uh, cool, great. Um, he, he, he wrote about why Dobson had such immediate popularity with parents. Uh, this is this is what Rolf says about Dobson in, in one of Dobson's biographies. Um, he condemned the so-called new morality. He demanded more discipline in the schools. He taught parents how to reassert their authority at home. And he unflinchingly called sin by its biblical name, sin. And that's all in all caps. It's, it's all, the only difference is yeah. it's all in all caps yeah. at the end. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really it. Um, by 1970, Dobson was able to publish his first book. Um, by Christian publisher uh, Tyndale House. The book was called Dare to Discipline, and I'm sure we can all guess what that book was about. Yeah. Because um, uh, when yeah. he says discipline, it, tennis? it means it means picking up a girdle. A bit of tennis racket was and, used And slashing points. your children, mm-hmm. like how it happened to him, and probably tennis rackets. Yeah, I mean, the key um, to beating children, I've always said this, is that you want to use improvised weaponry, because that shows that there wasn't intent if you wind up in a court case la- later. You want to be able to claim that it was just an accident, and the yeah. kid ran into your girdle, <laughs> which you can't claim if you're, like, using a telescoping <laughs> baton on a child. That, yeah, yeah. Um, f- five years later, he released another book, and th- this book is the best title. This is this is the title to his to his second book released five years later. Oh my god! What what wives wish their husbands knew about women? Oh, which is oh I okay. It's really oh, but this is full of a lot of good information. I, yeah, I really love that. Again, him as a man born in the '30s wrote a book called "What Wives Wish Their Husbands Knew About Women." And that's that's mm-hmm. that's his that's what his second book. Wives wish their husbands knew about women. Okay, wrong answers only, Robert. <laughs> uh oh boy, you know what? I don't want to get canceled, <laughs> so I'm not even gonna try to make a joke about that. Moving on. Um <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I might be in hot water after the batoning children remarks, so let's just let's just sail on. <laughs> uh, yeah, because we're like, yeah, all right. Um we're like twenty minutes in. Um, oh, I think I, I think you know I, what won't baton your children. Oh yeah, unless you need them batoned. You know what will Wait, only Robert, baton you're your not children. The host. If Jesus Garrison, says it's Garrison, okay. Garrison, all right, you're all the right. host. You get to do an what ad. Plug. Will not uh, get your children hit by a girdle, giving them a thrashing in one single blow. Any any, any guesses? Uh, ooh ooh ooh, Robert. Sophie, what is it? Robert, Robert? no. Is I it, won't is it do the that. I don't have a girdle. Services that support products and services. All it right. is indeed products. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? 
It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com behind. That's mintmobile.com behind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com behind. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We're back. Um, that was a great ad pivot, Garrison. Really good for a first try. I tend to advise more death threats uh, against billionaire social media. Which will um, then get edited out in CEOs. the CEOs. Hmm? Which will then get edited out. Yeah, yeah, cut. that's yeah. key to the process is all of the, vi- <laughs> all of the incitements to violence that we have to have Chris edit from the podcast, which is like 30% of the runtime generally. Mm-hmm. So uh, That's why back- these take so long to record. Mm-hmm. Okay, um... In 1977 is when Dobson really started the thing that kind of makes him famous, or that'll eventually make him, you know, that eventually be what he's known for. Um, he started his own weekly radio show. Uh, initially, got picked up by 40 stations. Um, the Washington Post article reads, uh, "By 1978, oh wait, sorry, yeah, this is this is this is separate." So he he had his radio show. What he was also doing at the time was filming seminars and selling them. 
And then also yeah. churches would like invite him to teach seminars like across the country. Um, and then here, here's a Washington Post article. By 1978, Dobson's seminars on the family, like on family issues, were making so much money, drawing up to uh, 3,000 people per weekend at $12 a ticket that he finally quit his job at University of Southern California and formed his own nonprofit company, Focus on the Family, uh, which was then he, what he retitled yeah. his radio show as well. Uh, so he's making so much money from these like seminars he would do every once in a while. Like I'm, I'm, it's, it's unclear how often he did these. I, it's not you can't really find that kind of information because this is like in the '60s or '70s. Um, but it's enough that he was able to quit his People job. People like hearing this guy talk and, about kid yeah. beating. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now, what women want? Yes, about <laughs> what wives wish their husbands do about women. Yeah. yeah. Um, but despite mm. Dobson formally making this a nonprofit company, what he was really starting was a Christian media empire. Um, as the name suggests, focus on the family was primarily about Christian family life and how to properly raise your kids. A short quote from the Post says, uh, Dobson's adult journey into family psychology and family politics is one man's attempt to re- uh, retrieve the era that he grew up in, which is, is, is really fair. All of his kind of stuff is about going back to this era in yeah. like the 30s and 40s about what family life was like back then. Yeah, um, it's the essence of conservatism, yes. looking back at a past that's half remembered and half imagined. Sure. Yeah, that yeah, that's that is very that's very accurate. Um, the, the sentiment is shared by Joyce Johnson of the Child Welfare League, saying of Dobson, um, about about how Dobson clings to his philosophy from quote twenty to thirty years ago that said children were property of their parents. Which I again, mean, yeah, kind of kind of fair. Yeah, they're like cats or dogs. <laughs> um, but they. Yell more creatively when you hit them. Good, yeah. Dobson would say, but yeah, but like even in the even in the eighties, people were people thought his philosophy was like thirty years old. Yeah. Why are you because hitting cats and dogs? It was. It's we're, we're well, not because I mean, no, no, no. their property. The, the, so yeah, it's, you the, can hit your property. According to Dobson, you can just hit Anderson? your property. Would you get angry at somebody who like I don't know pounded on their desk because they were frustrated? No. Then it's okay for people to hit kids because kids are like a desk. But they're the, not um, like a dog. <laughs> A dog is like a desk. It's property. It's oh, all Anderson property. Is we have not property. Oh my god! I'm just, I'm just Spe- saying. This speaking is... of child abuse. <laughs> yeah. Speaking next, of canceled, <laughs> the, the next paragraph is going to be a good one. Oh, good. Oh, um, so, uh, yeah. Here's a here's what the post says about some controversy that uh, that like of course is going to develop eventually along Dobson's parenting advice. Quote. But it is Dobson's view on childhood punishment that got him into the most hot water. Several years ago, this, this is in 1990, um, several years ago, for example, a Massachusetts couple was charged with child abuse because they beat their children. And, and they say it's because their pastor said it was all right based on Dobson's writings. Oh, that's good. I'm going to bet that's the only <laughs> time that happens. Now, Dobson said his books have never advocated beating children. But again, his first book was called Dare to Discipline and right. was about physically punishing your children. Yeah, I think he might argue that it's not beating them <laughs> yes. as long as you're angry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like this, this, this was an ongoing problem back in the 20th century. Mm-hmm. For most of the 20th, and, and still now. Seems like it's still an ongoing and, and, and problem. It's still an ongoing yeah. problem. Um, yeah. A lot of, Seems a, like it might have something to do with all those guys who keep uh, assaulting people based on their political opinions. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, a yeah. lot of a, a lot of beating yeah. is, still, is still to come. Cool. Yeah. <sighs> um, mainstream family psychologists say that while setting limits to help build secure parent-child relationships 
are good, there are better methods than the back of the hand or a strap, such as giving, uh, you know, stuff that was recommended back in the 90s was giving, you know, a people timeouts. That was kind of a new concept in the 90s. Sure. Um, and the article writes, spanking can, quote, stimulate re- rebelliousness rather than respect and wisdom for the parents, which, which it's, you know, a psychologist trying to say, Dobson, you're not going to do good. No, like, yeah, you, like, your kids are not going to respect you if they're always thinking about whether or not they're far enough away that you can't yeah, hit them. Yeah, like part of the cult I was in, I was spanked by people that aren't even my parents, and I have grown up with heavy respect for authority. Yeah. Which is why I'm now a journalist. That's in what everyone Oregon, says about you. Covering the uprising. You respect I authority. Love the feds. Yeah. I love all authority. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I don't think his really philosophy even that work it doesn't he doesn't even work that much. Um, even though these psychologists criticize a lot of a lot of um, Dobson's work because they thought it was you know bad, um, they were quick to admit that he is better known uh, like as a psychologist and probably a lot richer than they'll ever be. Um, I I doubt there's any American psychologist selling more books than Dobson. Uh, I, this is a quote from a, from a psychologist. I doubt, I doubt there's any other psychologists selling more books to the American public right now uh, than any other psychologist. This was uh, a psychologist named Paul Klempt, who's who also a, a professor of, of psychology. Um, so yeah, he was, you know, he was really the man for psychology in the 80s and 90s and, and, the, and, the, and the late 70s. Dobson was just really starting to kick off. Um, but eventually, Dobson wanted to be more than someone who gives bad parenting advice. At the start of Focus on the Family, it was relatively nonpartisan, still very like conservative, but it wasn't it wasn't really about partisan politics. He wasn't like he wasn't advocating for candidates or like endorsing parties. Um, in fact, when he when he filed nonprofit status, he answered no to the question if Focus on the Family would engage in activities intending to influence legislation. Now, this very quickly turned out to be not true. Um, <laughs> by, by 19. So again, he started his radio show in 77. He got his uh, nonprofit status in 78. By late 79, Dobson started to get more formally involved with politics. President uh, Carter was forming what, what becomes known as the White House Conferences on the Family, and Dobson wanted in. Focus on the Family's vice president and co-founder, named Gil Alexander Mogorel, uh, described Dobson's entry into politics like this. Quote, Jim got tired of telling people what to do when a six-year-old left the bed. Unquote. Yeah, so you might as well start making policy on like nukes and shit. So he may as yeah. well start making a lot of a lot this of policy. Is, this is a really interesting time in the history of like American evangelism because that period of time, like right as so Carter came, got elected off the strength of the evangelical Christian vote, mm-hmm. and he was the last Democrat that that was ever yes. true of because Reagan was elected immediately afterwards. Yes. <laughs> Based on a lot of friends of Mr. Dobson's, including uh, Dobson, including Dobson, we're going to find out about this. Yeah, in a sec. uniting them all, you know, mainly to deal with abortion and gay rights yes. and women doing stuff that yep. isn't getting hit by their husbands. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is that whole very cool period of time in politics. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not great. Um, the way Dobson describes his move into politics. Um, and the way he marketed the change in topic to his audience, because again, he, he had to switch his audience to being used to him talking about like family issues to talking about political stuff. Now, the way he the way he like gets past this is talking about how like schools and governments are taking authority ab- of parenting away from the parents. Like the schools and governments are becoming too influential in deciding what kids are and aren't allowed to do. Essentially, mm-hmm. um, Dobson says this in an interview. 
Until 15 years ago, a girl couldn't pierce your ears without getting her parents' permission. Now a parent can send a 13-year-old to school. The school can transplant that child to have an abortion. And the parent won't even know about it. She may come home and begin to bleed, and the parents won't know why. Parenting, uh, the parents have been eliminated from the entire process. How did that happen? It was discussed somewhere, even debated, but Christians didn't participate. Which I don't think's tr true in the nope. 70s nope. or 80s. Yeah. Nor uh, even now. Can nope. a 13-year-old get sent to a hospital to have an abortion by a school and the parents not know? Uh, yeah, I don't think that's ever <laughs> happened ever. I, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> At I, least not in the 70s. Yeah, I think we would. Yeah, I, I don't think that's that's a thing, but. I don't know. Maybe, the, maybe, maybe I'm wrong on this. We could be, but I, I think not in the 70s. No, because it's a minor and it's yeah. a major medical 13, procedure. You usually don't get um like rights over your body medically until yeah, you're 16. Yeah, you don't have any right to privacy as yeah. a 13-year-old because yep. your property, yep. like a desk. <laughs> uh, that's what Dobson would say. Yeah. Um, Dobson's, uh, you know, co-founder of Folks in the Family, who later, you know, came out kind of against Dobson because he was scared of what he was doing, um, Gil Alexander uh, Mogarel, wrote a whole book about Dobson called James Dobson's War on America. Awesome. Um, now, this good is... Title. I hope somebody writes a book like that about me one day. Rob Robert Evans' War on America? Well, it's a good title. on the FDA, maybe. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a good title. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Here's a quote from the very good book, James Dobson's War in America. Um, two years after we started focusing on the family, Jim got his first taste of the surreal sense of power and control that working in Washington offers. The flavor is sweet to, to this only child, and ever since, focusing on the family's com component about political activism has been a central feature in the life and work of James Dobson, and one that he personally relishes more than any other aspect of it. And th this absolutely is true. Great. He, he, as soon as he got some political influence, mm. he got like addicted to this. Yeah, it's almost quickly. like power is, is a literal drug that, that ruins people. And if you were already kind of shitty beforehand, it makes you into something um, more frightening than any, any, anything Lovecraft ever dreamed up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How did we end up at Lovecraft? I don't know. Well, like, cosmic horror. Scarifying when I think cosmic about horror. James Dobson, I think about cosmic horror. I think about the yeah. the death of stars, yeah, and the death of many teenagers. Yeah, a lot of teenagers. Um, which we'll we'll find out about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the The first taste of worming his way, like the first taste of power, was him worming his way onto the Carter family advisory council. Uh, like the, the thing that President Carter established. Yeah. Um, by now, Focus on the Family's radio program was expanded to a daily 15-minute program instead of a weekly one. Um, it was on hundreds of stations now. Um, a, a, a year later in 1981, uh, the program got turned into a 30-minute show. It became racking up thousands of stations uh, around then. Um, what Now, the way Dobson got on this council is that uh, one day on air, he persuaded his listeners that he needed to be on this, this, this whole like family conference thing, telling them that such conferences are usually dominated by, quote, Eastern establishment liberal secular humanists. Um, oh, he's got all the buzzwords in there. Yeah. So Dobson yeah. Was, fear was trying to scare his audience um, and saying that maybe if um, – Maybe that he can. Maybe Dobson can get invited on if his listeners write in to the conference director urging to invite Doctor Dobson, um, and wrote and wrote in. They did 80,000 80, people 
either called in or wrote in to the White House um, requesting Dobson join the committee slash conference. Uh, an invitation was to join was sent out to this relatively unknown Christian radio psychologist from L.A. Um, oh, yeah. Also, take notes, listeners, because I would like to be on a commission. <laughs> you I don't to really have care what 80,000 people call in? Yeah, just w- whatever commission. Whatever commission. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Whatever commission Robert wants, we're going to get him on. Yeah. There. Everyone get your phones ready random, to dial. Pick a random, something like, something to do with like, like, like potatoes or some shit. Something, something po- in the ad. Idaho but, potato conference would be good. Yeah, I could, I know a lot about potatoes. Potatoes. Yeah. Like the ones that potatoes. were rotting in your house a few weeks ago. I did, I did have some potatoes anyway, that were left yeah. in my cabinet yeah. for far too long. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Got really potato-y. So after this invitation was sent out, um, the Post article writes, that's when he realized the power of his electronic forum, um, the power he's not hesitated to use on other issues, including the Civil Rights Restoration Act. And now here, this is... I'm scared. <laughs> Dobson, got, Dobson got hundreds of thousands of people to call in and oppose the Civil Rights Restoration Act of 1984. Um, the bill then failed to pass on the on the first few votes that they tried to do. It only passed four years later in 1988 after, quote, abortion neutral language was added. <laughs> so, you know, utilizing your public power to quash the Civil Rights Restoration Act. Yeah. As one does. As one does. Yeah. Great. Um, Loving after, this story. Wait, so here, here's the good part. After the bill was passed with, you know, the uh, with the abortion neutral language, Reagan then vetoed the bill. Great. Great. I love politics. Sensational. The Senate then had to override his veto. Um, It's unclear how much influence Dobson had on this whole like vetoing process with Reagan and stuff. But as we'll soon see, um, Dobson and Reagan became very close friends. and Dobson did not hesitate to use his power to mobilize hundreds of thousands of people to call the government well, to complain about civil rights. I just rights. happened to agree with him about hitting little kids. <laughs> that was my Reagan. It's good. There's some really good pictures of Dobson and Reagan together. Mm-hmm. Just what sitting a weird together, group. pretending just, the AIDS crisis isn't, isn't happening, no, as they I mean, both were wont no, to do. No, Dobson was happy about the AIDS crisis. Yeah. Dobson uh, hated gay people so much. Yeah. I'll bet that was the best thing that ever happened yeah, to him. Yeah, that's why he wasn't talking about gay people in the 80s, because he was happy where things were going. Mm-hmm. He only started talking with them in the 90s and 2000s when they'd started to get a little bit better. Yeah, when when they weren't all dying yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure that was hard for him. Sh- shortly after um, Ronald Reagan's election, uh, he put Dobson on the National Advisory Commission to the Officer of the Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention Program, which is way too long of a title. Yep. That's way too long of a title for anything. But Dobson got put on this because Reagan liked him. Um, Dobson also served as co-chairman on the Citizens Advisory Panel for Tax Reform in consultation with Reagan. I I don't know what Dobson's qualifications were for tax reform because that's not really part of any of his nope, education. Nope, like he has any meaningful or training. experience and, like, there. He was running a non-profit tax exempt business that was just a media empire at this point so i really don't think he should be the one on this tax advice this has just convinced me that i do have what it takes to run the american (laughs) coast guard i i'm gonna i'm gonna start i'm gonna start putting out feelers to the biden cut put me in charge of the coast guard listeners everyone let's email the biden team yeah and let's get robert in charge i don't know what i'll do and neither will the coast guard (laughs) that'll keep them on their toes uh, Dobson also served as a member. 
Dobson also <laughs> Dobson also served as a speaking of the Coast Guard. Um, Dobson served as a member and the and a, the chairman of the United States Army's Family Initiative, uh, which was like about army families and stuff, and you know, you know, stuff. Um, he was appointed um, to Attorney General Edwin Meese's Commission on Pornography in the mid eighties, mm-hmm. and he got put on a teen pregnancy prevention panel, which I think is. Not a good call as someone who hates abortion. But, yeah, you know, yeah, um, seems like he might not have a lot of helpful things to share there. Yeah, and he also got put on um, Attorney General's advisory board on missing and exploited children. Mm. Um, he was up to so much stuff. Seems during... like he actually might know why some kids are missing. <laughs> he is he is responsible for a lot of missing children. <laughs> yeah. uh, his kind of work is the reason why a lot of kids ran away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in the nineties and two thousands. Good decision um, for those kids to make. Yeah. So, despite him being up to a lot of stuff during the Reagan years, uh, Dobson wanted more, and he wanted more direct lobbying power. Um, This next bit is taken from the Washington Post article again. Uh, In in 1988, Dobson Dobson was convinced that the conservative cause needed more help than he alone could give. He persuaded the Focus on the Family board to buy the Family Research Council— since that purchase, the Family Research Council has become one of the largest evangelical Christian lobbying organizations in Washington. Um, and this is slightly inaccurate. It was uh, the biggest yeah. Christian lobbying group ever in the history of this country. Awesome. Um, former the, the former vice president and uh, and co-founder who since, since like came out against Dobson now says of Dobson, he is a tremendous threat to the separation of church and state. Um, James Dobson lobbies Washington more powerfully than any individual or organization within the religious right. Um, I mean, I'm glad he figured it out after a while, but it would have been nice if he hadn't help him. If he didn't help him start the business. Start the thing that is essentially a giant weapon aimed at shooting all of our freedom in the dick. He should have. Or whatever. He should have realized that. Yeah. Um, Do you know who won't shoot your freedom in the dick, Robert? Or whatever. Oh, my God. Or or whatever. Inclusive here. Uh, the fine products and services that support your very show. Thank you, Garrison. Yeah. Products! The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. 
It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And hello, we are back. Uh, this is Garrison talking about Focus on the Family here. And this is Robert listening and planning a violent counter coup. Yes, and, and yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll figure things out after the recording session. Why does done. it have to be violent? Oh, just because of the mercenaries I hired. Oh, sorry, that Garrison. Does, I should have been more prepared. I should have brought more than one. You should have brought mercenaries. It's a coup. Yeah, I should have planned this a little bit you better. You want to get yourself some former Navy SEALs who have just been doing nothing but mainlining cocaine ever since they got and out of the service. And building pipe bombs. And, and building them pipe bombs. Those are the best guys to help you do a coup. They never... <sighs> Uh, for example, wind up arrested on the streets of Venezuela soaking in their own urine. <laughs> uh, Good times. B- better times than this. Uh, because in the mid... Be- better times than the mid-90s in America. Because in the mid-90s, Dobson was receiving $125 million in lobbying power. Jesus. Uh, between Focus and uh, Family Family Research Can- Council in, in the 90s. Um, the family, uh, the FRC, it's, it's kind of referred to, um, or they they continue to be an active Christian lobbying group today. It's not as influential now, but it still is active. Yeah. Um, it also is affiliated with a with a conservative PAC called Family Research Council Action. Um, in 2010, the Southern Power. We're skipping ahead a little bit, but we'll we'll go back in time later. Um, 2010, the Southern Poverty Law Center declared the group as an anti-gay hate group. Um, yep, seems like that's fair. This is the Family Re- Family Research Council lobbying yeah. group here. Focus on the family never got de- declared an anti-gay hate group because. It was they were too religious about it that Southern Poverty Law Center didn't feel comfortable calling it that. I feel very comfortable calling it an anti-gay hate group because they ran a conversion therapy program. We're going to talk more about what Focus on the Family was doing for anti-gay stuff in 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 part two because uh, they didn't really get really active that until the nineties. Um, but the Post article sums up quite well what made Dobson's entry into politics unique at the time, and it kind of ish- ushered in a whole new type of political Christian conservative ac- activism. Um, Dobson says he has no intention of ever running for office, a pledge even his critics believe. But he also uh, he also says focus in the family should not endorse candidates, although letters to the GOP and, and Democratic presidential nominees in 1988, copied and sent out to constituents, 
um, leaves little room for doubt that he believed Bush to be the better candidate. But what made it more unique is how Dobson entered into politics quietly, without the press conferences and pomp that surrounded predecessors like Reverend Jerry Falwell. Uh, This represents a maturing of a certain segment of evangelicalism within mainstream politics, particularly in the the Republican Party. Uh, According to a Brookings Institution fellow, um, an expert on religious life, gone are the days of TV preachers and bombast. What lay in their place are laymen like Dobson who are emerging and taking more of a and talking more about with a palatable language that's less about religion and more about civil rights. So like trying to like, you know, their their right to run their right to raise their kids their way and their right for, you know, unborn babies. That's the kind of it's like it's the real change from relig- from like religious conservative activism to being like to be mainly about religion to being more about civil rights was was Dobson kind of was the first one to do that which is now we see a lot of that nowadays in the Senate and yeah. Congress in the White House um, awesome yeah okay. yeah so yeah this um uh, a 1995 ABC primetime profile on Dobson opens up opens up like this he was one of the most powerful men in the country and yet few people even know his name on Capitol Hill, he's treated like some big, powerful lobbyist, be- because he was. And yeah, uh, but uh, and you've probably never, you never, you probably never heard of him. But James Dobson's one of the most influential leaders in the entire religious right. Uh, Dobson's vision to transform America is known to every member of the House and Senate, and he's been delivering his messages to the White House in person for years. So thanks, ABC, for really cra- cracking the case on that one in the nineties. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Dobson's often described as like a stealth campaigner or a stealth lobbyist for his ability to remain kind of under the radar despite his massive influence. Because, yeah, if if you even if you're kind of into politics, there's a good chance that now you've never even heard of Focus on the Family or Family Research Council or Dobson because he was very good at staying under the radar despite his massive power. Yeah, they're just one of those groups that you like you, you see them referenced constantly. You see their logo on things, but it's usually just with a bunch of other fucking you know, different like non-governmental organizations yeah. like it, it doesn't is not the kind of yeah no that's that's really how you exercise terrifying power that's good yeah because it's more dangerous because we because we knew so little about it at yeah. the time while yeah. everybody's angry about i don't know there was other stuff happening there was other stuff happening um a couple of wars i think yeah there yeah 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 um well, uh, as Dobson's political aspirations were growing so was focus on the family's so-called non-profit publishing empire um, citing the book Stations of the Cross, Christianity Today, which is the biggest evangelical slash Christian magazine, um, dubbed Focus on the Family's president and founder, James Dobson, the undisputed king of Christian radio. In 1995, Focus on the Family was the third most listened to radio show in the entire country after the Rush Limbaugh and Paul Harvey programs. An estimated 20.6 million people listened to his evangelical radio program at least once a week. So in, that's so many people. in the in the 90s, he was the third. He had the third most popular radio show in the entire in the entire country. Well, that's terrible. Um, yeah. 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 I'm not I'm not uh, happy with the way this is going. Really thinking electricity might have been a mistake. And it's good that Rush Limbaugh is the most. And then it and yep. then it's Paul Harvey. And then it's James yep. Dobson. Although, actually, um, according to other sources, James Dobson beat out uh, beats out Paul Harvey. Um, in some years, it, it's they're, they're kind of neck and neck. Um, but Rush Limbaugh is the, the first one, and then, yes, then yes, you have yes. then you have James Dobson. So, Rush Limbaugh is the first one. The good old uh, the good old one two combo of Rush yeah, Limbaugh yeah. and James Dobson. Yeah, yeah. Say, Dobson a, wasn't a, a big part of my childhood, but Limbaugh was. Um, 
And I, that's why yeah, I got and to I learn the fun lessons from my mom, like why it's okay to carpet bomb the Middle East. Yeah, and I had, I had the opposite. I didn't have Rush Limbaugh, but I had James Dobson. Oh, well, yeah. So, yeah. That explains the differences between that's us. That's the only differences mm-hmm. we have, is that, that one event has... And the Canada thing. You like, you, you call hats the wrong word. Toque. What do you call yeah. hats? Toque. It's a, it, it's a Canadian... It's a, it's a little toque. Degenerate toque. term. Yeah. I know. Cancel me on I Twitter, know. Sophie. Do it. Write a post. I mean, right. I d- <laughs> listeners can't see it, but my face went, oh... Yeah, it went like, oh, what's I that? Know. Sophie's I expressed know. the proper reaction to Canadian verbiage. Yes. <laughs> um, by, by 1990, they had seven separate magazines in print uh, focused on the family here. For Great. This, for this I'm non- sure they had good content for all of them. <laughs> this, non- this non-profit magazine had seven, seven of them, which they sold, again, non-profitly. Um, Focus on the family successfully had books being published themselves at this point. Uh, many seminars and sermons were taped and then sold nationally and internationally. They um, they got a deal with the U.S. Army. Oh, that's the, good. The U.S. Army like bought tons that's of their where they should be and yeah. sent them out to like teach army parents how yeah. to hit their kids. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Because you're in the army, you know how to hit, but you might not know, you know it's know okay to hit, to hit your, your, kid. your own children. You don't just have to hit Iraqis. You can hit your kids. It'll help <laughs> you get better at hitting Iraqis. Yeah. It, it, it's, yeah. it's good pra- practice. Makes perfect. Yeah. If you get good at doing it to your children without remorse, you can hit any other child yep. in Iraq. Yep. If you can harm your own children without a thought, then you can really commit violence on behalf of the state. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Um, Focus on the Family made a 13-episode live-action, like half-live-action, half-animated TV show called McGee and Me. Um, they started a whole film department, most popular for their Last Chance Detectives series in the mid-'90s, which cost about like $1 million per film to make. And it's um, all just propaganda, right? Here, here's the not all of it, which is why it gets actually really interesting and dangerous. That's why you hear about hmm. Focus on the Family, like you'll see their name at the end of a bunch of different like public TV shows and yes. stuff. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, yeah. So like the thing about um, all of their entertainment media is that more often than not, it's frustratingly competent. Because um, again, they had hundreds of millions of dollars at their disposal. Um, a, a review of McGee and Me, which I've watched all of as a kid. I watched, I watched all these stuff, all these things. Last Chance Detectives is what kind of helped me get on my detective path, which I'm now using. For you are, you are a detective. Other, other side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, Those of you who don't know, you are uh, a Garrison detective. <laughs> tracked okay, down Dad. the identity <laughs> of uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, the Kenosha shooter, like six hours before the police figured out who it was. There's a Forbes article about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks, Focus on the Family. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a, a review of McGee and Me from Chicago, uh, from the Chicago uh, Tribune, uh, says that the show is exceptional. Uh, saying it has uh, the production, production quality is top notch. The show offers an entertaining mixture of live action, animation, as well as well written stories with positive moral messages. And although the stories are definitely based on principles from the Bible, the series isn't excessively preachy or pushy, which is why it can get on the air. And apparently, the animation from the show was done by the award-winning team from Fraggle Rock, My Little Pony, and Muppet Babies. Oh, Fraggle Rock! Yeah, no. I know. I'm My sorry, Robert. Pony. No, I, I know. Uh, I'm sorry, Robert. The Fraggle Rock uh, people got drawn into this, and Muppet Babies. That's the one that hits. I me. didn't want to hear the Why Fraggle Rock dudes helped make Dominionist pony. Christian propaganda. Let us let us talk about Muppet Babies and Fraggle Rock, Sophie. Come on, My Little Step Pony. Step back. Oh, unacceptable. <laughs> I'm not happy with any of this. Um, but by far the most successful and popular media program that Focus the Family has ever made and run is an audio drama series called Adventures in Odyssey. Now we're going to go on a bit of an aside here because again, this is this is radio. This is we're we're on radio. Um, 
Uh, what I, is radio, Garrison? It's sounds with your voices. Sounds with your voices. What a concept. forms and wavelengths. and Yeah, yeah I'm not sure it's going to catch on, but continue. Um, I listened to shitloads as the sh- of the show as a kid. Um, it's been running nonstop since 1987. Um, and by 1995, it was the second most listened to Christian radio program. Can you guess what? It was only beaten out by the other Focus of the Family program. Yeah, the main yeah. One. Great. That's <laughs> Okay. Um, so the premise of the show is that you're in this small Midwestern town and the main character is this old Christian man named Mr. Whitaker, who is an ex secret agent and a genius inventor who runs a, like an ice cream shop slash learning center called wits end. Here's a picture, Robert. See, of it sounds like Mr. you're Whitaker. describing the kind of dreams that you get after, I don't know, like taking a shitload of acid and oh, then being wait. tear gassed. This show is so weird. Yeah. So here's Mr. Whitaker. He, can you describe how that looks to the audience? Um, it looks like Wilford Brimley. Oh. Yeah, he looks like Wilford Brimley. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so even though I said the main character is this old ex-agent man who's an inventor and runs an ice cream shop, um, the perspective characters are these like different families that cycle out of the show every 10 years or so. Um, they deal with like family issues and small town political issues. And this old guy is like a mentor figure to this whole town. Um, I'm going to show you, I'm sure Robert, I'm going to show Robert a picture of, of one of these families. I don't like his um, outfit. You don't like his outfit? Uh-uh. No. Okay, well, I'm going to show Robert a picture of one of these families. And note, these are the only black characters they've ever had in the entire show. Wow. Oh, great. When, when they were the... So for, they got one. Over the course of the 30 years, for, for five years out of the 30 years, their main family was the black family. Uh, but besides that, they've had no black characters. Here That's is, actually better here than is, I, Oh, no. Well, it's really... Oh, it's no. Really <laughs> oh, no. So they just drew O.J. Simpson on yeah, the left, right? They just drew O.J. Simpson. Simpson for the dad. Okay. <laughs> it's really bad. That's... Oh, oh so boy. Bad. So bad. And they all oh, have, like, boy. really accentuated teeth and their giant, eyes look giant like... Giant really teeth big, and their eyes white like teeth. They've seen a yeah. murder. Giant foreheads, tiny eyeballs. It's really bad. That yeah. is O.J. Simpson, though, correct? That is absolutely O.J. Simpson. That <laughs> is James juice. Orenthal Simpson, the most innocent man in history That's on the juice, right yeah. there. Oh. Yeah, the juice was oh. loose for five years oh. on Christian television. Now, this episode that I listened to, as like, the episode that this, that this artwork is from, gave me nightmares as a child, by the way. Before I saw the artwork, was because of some, it was like, it was their closest to ever getting to like a horror episode. I see that they're in an old West town. They're, they're, on the, they're in an old wait, West wait, town. Wait, wait, why is the kid holding? I just realized the <laughs> he's kid's holding. An holding. Axe. Why is he? Yeah. He does he's have holding, an axe. He's holding a pickaxe. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's because they were like, they were like, I forget, but I know this episode. Gave, I know this episode. This specific episode gave me nightmares because they went to this old western town. and had to like dig up a treasure or something. Yeah, I'm sure there were ghosts. Listeners, or I'll post no, these no, photos no, ghosts, on ghosts, socials. Ghosts aren't allowed because of Christian stuff. Oh right, because that would imply an afterlife yeah. outside I've, of the. Okay. I've told you this before, but the, one of the most popular episodes is called Castles and Cauldrons, and. They you, had a D and D episode. They had a D, didn't they? they had an episode about how D and D is bad and satanic. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. That's good. This seems like a fun show that you watched as a kid, Gary. So much of this. Yeah. But yeah. So like, it was a radio show. They also made a television show based off of it. Okay. Um, animated. Um, so the original gimmick of the show is that Mr. Whitaker, the inventor, ex-agent guy, made this invention called the Imagination Station, which is like a mix of the hollow deck and a time machine. Kind of unclear. Um, now the purpose this serves in the show is a way to travel to the quote-unquote past to teach the audience um, and audience surrogates uh, quote-unquote history. 
an incredibly oh, an incredibly whitewashed pro-colonial Christian revisionist history. I mean, that's um, all terrible, but I'm already coming up with an alternate canon in my head in which Mr. Whitaker is a former CIA agent, and all he's doing is dosing these kids He's with an agent acid. from the NSA. Yeah, uh, I've got my own headcanon. Yeah. He's all given right. him LSD. This is all, he, he's continuing MKUltra on his own that would in one American make way, small town. That would make way more sense. Um, yeah. yeah, but like, again, the frustrating thing is that the show is very well produced. Um, often hiring LA voice actors. Like, it has people from the Animaniacs who are still on the show now, which I don't know how. Yeah, because people need paychecks. The, 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 the main character from Steven Universe, like the guy, who, the guy who voices Steven, used to, when he was a very small child, voiced a character on this show before he broke out into animation um, for Steven Universe and stuff. You know, a, a very gay show. Yeah. Um, yes. And Focus on the Family is a very not gay, friendly company. I mean, if he was a um, kid, yeah. That, he he, that he was a very sense, young child, and yeah. now, he's, now he's an adult. Um, yeah. We all need paychecks. Yeah. Um, we yeah, don't have again, good health insurance in this country, Garrison. I don't know if they taught you that in Canada. Uh, uh, yeah, I I know. I live here. I know. Yeah. Yeah, not a great call, by the way. I know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, there was spinoff movies, tons of books. Um, for some reason, Mr. Whitaker's son is also a secret agent. <laughs> okay. Um, but <laughs> the, go- the, the goal, <laughs> you see, wait, Sophie, stop, Sophie, stop. I mean, is so, it a comment? To, yeah, wait, right. guys. All right. So the goal of the showrunners was to make him like an anti-James Bond or like a Christian version of James Bond. Now, Robert, picture that man in your head. What people in the 90s, Christian people in the 90s, thought the Christian version of James Bond would look like. Picture that man in your head. Okay. Do you have him? Yeah. All right. Now we scroll down. Here he is. <laughs> Which, wait, all he's all of them? All these, all three. Indiana Jones clearly in one of those so, pictures. So there's three pictures yeah. here. One of them in like a very tight shirt. The first like one he has, he's in In Sync. Yeah, yeah. He look he does look like a member of In Sync in the first one. He has, Not Backstreet like, Boys. In Sync. Just for the he record, he has like he has like he has like a goatee. He has like a little like soul patch and goatee. It's not attractive. It's not good. His he has giant feet. Yeah, um, feet are head. abnormal uh, and elf like at the toe. And then in one of these pictures, they've done a terrible thing and put him in an Indiana Jones outfit, which I am offended by. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's very upsetting. Who was he in the um, middle? Because Indiana Jones that's very famously was not oh. a Christian because he knew for certain about the existence of other deities yeah. and Wait, <laughs> magical Harrison, powers these are all, and stuff. all three the same character? These look like a this different... Is the same, this is the same guy. Mm-hmm. This is the same guy. Yeah. Well, I guess... I guess... <laughs> Indiana Jones's religious status is unknown, but he both engages with like mystical powers on behalf of uh, Hinduism, Judaism, and Christianity. So you have to assume he's got some nuanced understanding of the matter. Yeah, I just don't like that. Yeah, that this person they tried to make a cool Christian version of James Bond who looks terrible. Yeah, um, the first first guy is definitely the most babelicious of the three. Yeah, Um, I really. He looks like Lance Bass. No, he doesn't. He looks like the JC. Uh, oh no, I'm so sorry. Nineties. We'll 90s. have to agree to disagree. All right. He, so. he anyway, looks like JC um, from. I don't know from who that Sink. is. He's the. the oh, he definitely knows the bye 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 dance. Ba- That's back, all I'll say. Back to Dobson. Sorry. Back to Dobson specifically. Um, one of his more weird grifts was doing Ted Bundy's final interview. <laughs> Yes. How did that happen? You're gonna find out. Okay. Um, Please tell on the us. date, on the day before Bundy was executed in 1989, Bundy received hundreds of interview requests from media outlets. He denied all of these and specifically requested to be interviewed by James Dobson. 
Um, okay. The All entire right. interview was about how it was actually pornography that caused Bundy to murder and rape all of those people. What a weird last flex. <laughs> which, 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 which was, which Bundy specifically argued against in court. He said it wasn't pornography. And then as a final troll, he got Dobson in to like record this whole interview about how it was actually porn that made him murder and rape all those people. So what a piece of sh- So not only does he kill all those people, I'm so but confused. like the last thing he gets a choice over, he uses that choice <laughs> to fuck up porn for everybody. Else. Yes. So it, it's clear that Dobson, Dobson uh, it's clear I'm that changing Bundy... my mind about this Ted Bundy character. <laughs> oh, this has really pushed you over the edge. Yeah, yeah. I'm no wow. longer I'm no longer neutral on, no longer on, Bundy on neutral? the Bundy issue. Well, that's that's a good development. I'm kind of concerned for your previous <laughs> Bundy uh, views, but well, okay. Like I have one tattoo of the guy. That doesn't mean back tattoo. Yeah, right yeah. Now, it's it's right like Roger Stone's Nixon. Yes. So it's clear that Bundy was essentially trolling Dobson and the entire world here. Um, But Dobson found a way to capitalize on this exclusive. Um, The tapes were technically free to use, but with the stipulation that the interview be aired in its entirety without editing or interruption, which is over like an hour long. So it gave Dobson a lot of time to talk. Jesus. Which, of course, news, news media is not going to do that. Yeah. Um, so it's technically free to use because, again, he runs a nonprofit company. Um, but he would he would sell if if you cut down the interview at all you, you, he would charge you for the tapes uh this it proved to be extremely profitable for dobson um he so either not, gets he fucking <laughs> yeah he okay <laughs> capitalized on ted bundy yeah awesome uh, so guy. he either gets a straight hour of media exposure on national news programs or he gets money within a year dobson raked in over a million dollars in profit from the tapes um, awesome. He, he initially pocketed all of the money for himself. Oh, yeah, good. Why would you give it to the families of his victims? Um, but amid public outcry, he donated $600,000 to it, $600,000 of it, to anti-porn groups and anti-abortion groups. You know you're a good person and the- when your backstory repeatedly includes the line, amid public outcry. Um, so that he, he kept... Um, he kept, so like he kept $400,000 for himself and, but, but part of this $600,000 donated to anti-porn and anti-abortion groups, um, focus on the family is included as those groups. (laughs) So he just gave the money Uh, to himself. What a piece of shit. That's beautiful. He kept $400,000 in his own bank account and then gave the rest to the business he owns. Oh, that's, um, I got to hand it to him. That's a good grift. That's a good grift. That's a good grift. Not not many people would look at a man who repeatedly raped and molested the corpses of his victims and go, I bet I can make a million dollars off this guy. So every media empire needs its own castle. Focus on the family is no exception. Uh, in 1990, Focus on the family claims they accepted a $4 million grant from the Colorado-based El Pomor Foundation. Uh, the foundation's website says they accept applications from 501c3 organizations um, to serve Colorado in the areas of arts and culture and community and health and blah, 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 whatever. So at the time, Focus on the Family was based out of California, so they applied for this grant, um, and then they got this money so that they had to, then they had to move to Colorado to get the grant accepted. So $4 million. Um, they, uh, they transferred 350 employees from California to Colorado and f- hired 400 more in-state. 
A 46-acre lot was purchased um, to build their uh, grand headquarters in, Col- in Colorado Springs. They have their entire they have their own entire zip code for their for, for their headquarters. Great. Uh, during a tour of the folks in the family offices in 1993, a couple from Michigan asked if handling all of the sightseers in the main building was a distraction from the regular working staff. The working staff said yes. The couple then donated four million dollars to build a new visitor center on the land. <laughs> um, so folks the family soon had built 526,100 square feet of stuff on their Colorado, Colorado property including an entire replica of Wits End the, the ice cream shop slash learning center from their radio program amazing which um, uh, which I have been to oh how's the ice cream Ice cream's not bad. Um, Rest of it, I may have some notes. Did you get drugged by a former spook? No, but my brother did cut his head open. Oh. In in here. He fell and cut his head open. That's good. He still has a scar. Y'all should have sued. Oh, well, we we were very happy at the time because we were there. Yeah, cult. Yeah, Mm. whatever. Um, Yeah, so I've been there. Um, In Focus on the Family's, like, Welcome Center kind of film, he has, like, always, you know, people have, like, always have, like, a film playing on a television, whatever. Um, Dobson compares his decision to build the headquarters in Colorado Springs to the founding of the temple at Jerusalem. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Makes a lot of interesting calls, this guy. Uh, So, when when I went to the Focus on the Family headquarters when I was, like, 10, I was not there in a journalistic capacity because I was 10 years old. Um, and in a cult. Um, so I'm going to refer to a Sloan article about touring the facility in the, in the late 90s. Um, the tour guide takes me upstairs to where the real work happens. We, uh, we stop first at, a, at a, a viewing room for an area full of cubicles. 120 people work here, the tour guide explains. All they do is answer Focus on the Family correspondence. Uh, the room is empty today because it's a Saturday, but he says during the week, it, it brims with activity. He tells me how Focus listeners pour out their problems, asking for prayers on, on their behalf and, uh, and seek advice on things like marital problems, depression, and their sons and daughters who are gay. Uh, we receive about 10,000 letters a day, he says. Sometimes they send money, the guide admits, but Focus on the Family doesn't require them to. Every, every letter gets an answer regardless of who sends it. He points out that the correspondence staff takes the initiative to send out free literature, books, and tapes of Focus on the Family broadcasts, even to those who don't donate. Uh, Focus on the Family also keeps a database with uh, a description of everyone's problem uh, to refer back to them if the person ever writes again. This database has over 4 million names. That's really creepy. No, That's so weird. It gets worse. This database is very interesting and terrifying. Um, a big part of the daily radio show is asking listeners to write in with questions or for people to send donations. Sometimes they'll advise, like, if you donate X amount, we'll ship you this book as a thank you. Um, you know, stuff like that. That's kind of common. Um, the Focus on the Family co-founder describes the radio business model uh, like this. Most Focus on the Family broadcasts give the appearance of half-hour talk shows but are actually 30-minute infomercials for a Focus on the Family product. It's as ingenious as it is perfectly legitimate. The goal here is for, obviously for people to send money because, you know, they're a donation, primarily a do- donation-based nonprofit, quote-unquote. Um, they also sell stuff. Or the, or you, like, buy stuff, but it's technically a donation, then they send you a book as a thank you, which is, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, but so sending them, so the goal is to send money, but just sending them any correspondence is a win because whether they send in money or just a question, their names and addresses get added to this master database. 
Um, a special complimentary magazine is sent out monthly to everyone in this database, just like um, just like the radio show is a product catalog thinly veiled as a parenting guide. Um, so is this this ma- magazine that they send out. It's mainly uh, but people. It's it's to you know they advertise products and stuff, but it's thinly veiled as like parenting advice for like a, you know a free free magazine from from Focus on the Family. Um, People on this mailing list are also strongly encouraged to set up a monthly donation with uh, with different like thank you gift tiers, kind of like Patreon. Um, not only does Dobson and Focus on the Family use this database as like a grifting machine, it's also another way for Dobson to deploy his army of supporters. He will routinely, personally write letters uh, for a call to action, including a way for someone to contact Capitol Hill. Um, then, then he can just like mail out to everyone in in this database, you know, for people to respond, so they can easily, you know, get changes in legislation done. So this database, combined with his ability to simply uh, disparagingly mention a piece of le- of of a piece of legislation on air, uh, can get resulting in hundreds of thousands of people to write in or call in. Sure. Um, he also he also has the power to mobilize people uh, to meet his political goals through this like database like letter system, um, and. Everyone in Washington knows this, which is why so many conservative politicians have gotten so cozy with Dobson. It's because he has this database that he can just use on a whim to like mail something out to like millions of people and then also just address stuff on his radio show. What an um, impressive and, grift, though. And part of why this works is because he develops a parasocial relationship with his listeners. It's like, hey, I, James, as your friend, need your help with this thing. I will send you out a letter, you know, g- g- call into us if you have a family issue. You know, he'll get people to respond. Then you just get more and more names added added to this database. Yep. A uh, massive thing. A huge amount of the right wing, like the whole right wing, is all about getting mailing lists, which yeah. you then monetize and use to drive donations and stuff. Yeah. So in, like, the, yeah. in the next episode, we're going to hear about the best thing that ever happened with this database, um, but also all the gay conversion therapy program do it in, in the 2000s. So we have those two things to look forward to. Uh, but that is the end of this section about focusing on the family and James Dobson. Uh, how do you, how do you feel, Robert? I feel good. Um, yeah, is, I love so far been pretty standard kind he, of. Yeah. I love that he managed to make hundreds of millions of dollars for himself and his organization. Although those two things are essentially the same because nobody ever goes after these people for breaking the law flagrantly. Um, I loved that he monetized uh, a mass murderer. Um, <laughs> and then when he got in trouble for monetizing it, he still gave the money to himself. <laughs> himself. Yeah. Um, I love, I love what I love about the right is the the complete lack of ethical consistency and the total and all-consuming lust for power. Um, and I think in, James Dobson embodies that in a number of ways, but most clearly in his desire to have people do violence to children, because that's really the core yes. of like that right-wing obsession with power, is like if a child disrespects an adult – they deserve to be harmed. This was an idea that I grew up with a lot yeah, too. Like my yeah. mom would tell me, if I ever if I ever hear you talk back to an adult, like I'll beat the shit out of you, um, and variations of that. Um, and the things that I got the most physical punishment for as a kid were times in which um, I disrespected an adult. This idea that like the worst thing you can do as a child is not respect the power of adults. 
um, it, it, it all speaks to the kind of man he is. And as soon as he realizes like, like when he's got no power, um, before he gets into politics, then he's obsessed with this idea of disciplining children. Um, but as soon as he has some chance to force his views on everyone else, he takes it because that's the kind of person he is. He doesn't want people to be able to do things he doesn't personally want them doing. That's the essence of him and of conservatism. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Well, well said. As, as we'll learn more about gay conversion therapy, which involves a lot of child abuse in the next episode. Yeah, awesome. That, that um, Robert, um, do you have any uh, pluggables you want to plug? Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. You know, um, I have a podcast. It's this one. Um, you Where, can oh, really? it. Yeah. You can listen to it I on the internet. I your producer's awesome. Yeah, she's great. Um, the internet's also great. Uh, one of many things that has no consequences. Mm-hmm. So find me, find me on the internet uh, alongside a bunch of racists plotting the downfall of civilization. But Robert's on Twitter We're at I write okay. I'm on Twitter at, I'm at on Hungry Bowtie. There's a tea public store behind the bastards. You can get the FDA approved to prevent all diseases thing. Mm-hmm. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Damn, Bye. Robert, you should Bye. be shook right now. Look how well he did. I always knew he was coming from behind. <laughs> yeah. Phrasing. All right, goodbye. I do. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.